Hello and welcome to Plotris. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're reviewing Isn't It Bromantic by Lissa K. Adams. This is the fourth book in the Bromance Book Club series. And full disclosure, we did receive a complimentary copy of this book for our unbiased review from Nightly. And it was just recently published um, this week in 2021. Get on top of it. I know. So, um, this is the fourth book in this series we have reviewed, and I think we both really enjoyed the first two. Yes, we both really liked the first two. We were both a little disappointed in the third. It was just I, sadder than yes. I expect from this series. And I think we have mixed opinions on this one. Mm-hmm. So, basically, I loved it. Yeah. And Lane yeah. wasn't so into it. Okay, so things that everybody should remember about me going into this, just so, like, I'm being very honest about where I'm coming from. I do not like anything to do with bodily functions. And the Russian Vlad in the previous books was a punchline because of his gastrointestinal issues. Yes. And while they are less explicit in all but two parts of this book than they had been previously... A lot of mention is made of his former gastrointestinal issue, intestinal issues. So I was uncomfortable most of the time reading this book. And I'm not going to say that did not color my opinion of other factors. So, like, full disclosure, I had other things that I didn't enjoy. But that probably made me like the whole thing a lot less than I otherwise would have. Well, let's find out what this book is about and read the jacket. Okay. With his passion for romance novels, it was only a matter of time before Vlad took up the pen to write a novel the Bromance Book Club would swoon over. Elena Konnikova has lived her entire adult life in the shadows. As the daughter of a Russian journalist who mysteriously disappeared after speaking out against government corruption, she escaped danger the only way she knew how. She agreed to marry her childhood friend Vladimir and move to the United States where he is a professional hockey player in Nashville. Vlad, a.k.a. the Russian, thought he could be content with his marriage of convenience. But after four years, it's become too difficult to continue in a one-sided relationship. He joined the Bromance Book Club to learn how to make his wife love him, but all he's learned is that he deserves more. He's ready to create his own sweeping romance, both on and off the page. The bros are unwilling to let Vlad forego true love, and this time they're not operating solo. They join forces with Vlad's senior citizen neighbors, a group of meddling widows who call themselves the loners. Just when things finally look promising, the danger from Elena's past life intrudes, and the book club will face their first ever life or death grand gesture as they race to a happy ever after. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. is, that's this book. And it also makes me kind of happy that I don't have to keep the fact that he's writing a book as a spoiler. Yes. So, Vlad's writing a book, guys. So, the other three books in the series, there were chapter excerpts from the book the book club was reading at that time, mm-hmm. all of which obviously had incredibly explicit parallels to the love story in the book in question. Um, But in this case, rather than assigning something to read, Vlad's been writing his own book 
and it's clear he's been projecting the issues in his and Elena's relationship into these characters. So working through the book as a writing exercise becomes the way he thinks through the issues in their relationship. I love it. I think it was like a stroke of genius. I thought it was perfect, Lane. I thought it was so good. Because in the other ones, we were like, I mean, it's fun to be reading this stuff. But it's also like, okay, it's a little too on the nose, you know? <laughs> but here you're like, oh, of course it's on the nose. I had to laugh that it was a World War II novel. Yes. Like, so much about it should not have worked for me, and yet totally did. The, it, guys, perfect. But wait. We have not even read our random number summaries yet, Lane. Oh my God! So as usual, we generated a random number between one and 50, and then we wrote our own summaries based on that number. And for this book, the number is 41. 41. Yeah, so, so I'll go first. Yeah. Um, if you marry your best friend for a green card, it might be a good idea to apply for said green card. Vlad and Elena have spent six years basically not talking because of an overheard misunderstanding. Will they fix it? Is this one of those rhetorical questions from the back, from the book jackets? Because guys, yes. How did you know? Guys, they do fix it. Yeah, it's a romance novel. There's a happily ever after. All right, here's here's mine. Elena's dad disappears, and she thinks she's in danger. So she does what anyone would do: marry the man she loves offer a U.S. visa. Instead of talking to her BFF and husband, Vlad, she ignores him until she can't. Yeah. So, so I do think that both of our summaries pointed out probably the thing, well, the thing that probably annoyed me the most about the book. I don't know if it annoyed you the most, but it, I'm sure it's something that you're like, okay, great. It, the whole reason that they've been apart for four years is because, I mean, we don't really know why, actually. But we find out later that it's because she overheard him talking. And instead of talking to him about it, and for him, instead of him talking to her about what he had been talking to this other person about, they just don't talk. I think that gets at my biggest annoyance other than the gastrointestinal plot lines in this mm -hmm. book. I felt like their characters, as they related to one another, were really inconsistent. Mm -hmm. I found it really hard to believe that based on one misunderstanding, she'd show up in America and just cry, never talk to him until she disappeared. Yeah. And I found it really hard to believe that their relationship could have shifted that dramatically overnight from each other's confidants to her showing up and refusing to talk to him and him not even making any effort right. to understand what was happening. Like, it's one thing to say, if she doesn't want to be with me, I'm going to let her go out of respect for her. It's another to, like, see her suffer suffering and as assume it had to do with him and then do nothing to try to relate to her. Right. I just, I didn't think that was his character. I didn't think that was her character. Honestly, I didn't even understand her whole journalistic hunt to understand what happened to her dad and the fact that she'd somehow decided to go back to Russia. Like, none of it made sense to me. And yeah. that's, like... That was the core weakness of the book, and it prevented me from being able to really get into anything else. Yeah, I mean, uh, did I love the miscommunication part? No, but just about everything else I was fine with. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this is a romance novel. I feel like I feel like miscommunications are part of the genre. 
So if I wasn't going to read a book because of that, it is not my favorite part. But if I was going to say, I'm not going to ever read a book that doesn't have a miscommunication in a, issue in it, I feel like I'd be cutting out like half of all romance novels. I know, but I feel like we've talked a lot. So he's been a hockey player for six years. She's been mm-hmm. there for five. So they've been married for five. She's been in the U.S. for slightly less than that. We've read books where like they spent seven years apart and she was like, I would have under you've said, I would have understood seven months, but not seven years. Given modern communication, cell phones, email, like. I found this length of time unbelievable. Not yeah. for them not to have sex or make out or like be together, but for them to really not talk. Yeah, I mean, it would have been, you're right. It would have been nice to have at least a text message here or there, or maybe a little bit of a rapprochement. So like now they're maybe a little bit closer to being friends instead of like totally cold shouldering each other. I will also say- her being in a new place, totally alone, potentially in danger, I just, I yeah. didn't, the character Elena was to me wouldn't have taken that line down. Yeah. I will say that I I was a little frustrated with the prologue. So the last book ended at Mac's wedding mm-hmm. and Elena walks in and she basically like wows the room. Everyone was like, oh my God, is that Platt's wife? Wow. And the beginning of this book starts at the wedding and I was like, this is going to be great. And it was a total fake out. Hated it. I don't even understand why she went. Nope. Nope. It was I just like it. it was just to give the last book a good ending. Absolutely. And I thought it was a real shame that it couldn't have been worked in better here. Yeah, I completely I agree. Will with say that. That. So before we dive into further discussions of the quality, I think you've identified a gentleman Jackson's get fit workout for Pushkin Love and Russians. Yes. I mean basically it is be a professional hockey player. Okay. I don't have a better place to put this, so I'm just gonna put this now. Do it. Um, I found the depiction of how um, professional athletes are treated when they get an injury to be really inauthentic. Mm. So as many of our longtime listeners will know, I am a gigantic baseball fan, and I listen to a lot of baseball interviews. And one of the most recurring themes in all of those is like, you would think off-season injury, like you've got a coach and a team on you all the time. You don't. Like, if you have Tommy John and you've got a couple of weeks of recovery and you're told we're going to start this regimen, half the time you start that regimen on your own and you don't hear from a trainer. So I found this idea that, like, he was going to the stadium. He was getting rehabbed in person. Now, granted, hockey might be different in baseball, but the number one thing I've heard in all the interviews and conversations I've ever heard with professional athletes is you would think that as a professional, your team is really involved in your health, especially during injuries, but they are straight up not. So I found all of that really frustrating. Yeah. That's very interesting because I know nothing about team sports. (laughs) I know nothing about team sports. I watch a lot of tennis. And in tennis, you're on your own. So you organize your own treatment plan. You know, you don't have a team that's going to take care of you. If you have an injury, you do the rehab yourself. So you have to figure it out. Uh, And then, yeah, that's basically the only sport I follow. So I was like, I guess that's what you do when you are on a team. I don't know. Yeah. That's anyway, it. Some distraction. Yeah. And I've listened to interviews with hockey players too, but like baseball's my number one. And I just, I don't know. I got the impression there wasn't a whole lot of hockey knowledge. Well, that's my question. I, yeah, I know nothing about hockey. I don't watch hockey. I'm not interested in watching hockey. I'm not interested in hearing people talk about hockey. 
That said, this book talks about hockey players' legs and butts, like, a lot. So, at this point in time, I would be interested in looking at a hockey player's butt. Just for research purposes. Yeah. For science. Science. Completely. For science. But, But you know, if he talked about hockey during it, I wouldn't be interested. Also, I'm glad that this sexy hockey player has all his teeth. That's one he does. He's only been a professional for six years, okay? So he hasn't had time to lose those teeth yet. <laughs> uh, oh, man. So tropes. So marriage of convenience. This is modern marriage of convenience. What better way to indicate that this is a marriage of convenience than by getting a visa to go to the United States, guys? Yeah, so they were best friends for a really long time. And her father gets kidnapped, murdered for his work and so because she has no family left because at this point she is TM a sad tragic orphan he says come with me to America let's get married mm-hmm. at no point in this does he say I am desperately in love with you and constantly pining I would like us to like be married he doesn't say look I'm moving to America I can get you out of the situation by the way I love you right nope because why would you tell the woman you're going to marry that you love her? The lack of honesty was bizarre to me. But Vlad is very sensitive. He was afraid okay. of rejection. <laughs> I don't know, Lane. I'm just, I'm just saying. Okay. okay. What Minor else? spoiler, but Meg needs to talk about it. I mean, I can wait until sexiness to talk about this trope. People seem to be keeping it a spoiler thinking it's a spoiler, so I will wait. Okay. Um, this is a major Hurt Comfort book. And major. Spoiler alert for a lot of modern romances, it starts with the emergency phone call. Mm-hmm. So they haven't been together for a long time. She shows up at the wedding and then just fails, and then it starts over, and she gets a call that he has been hurt in a career-defining game, which asks me if this is a trope of sports romances that we don't read for this podcast. Is this a trope of sports romances, Lane? <laughs> Did you have to say that loud, more loudly? They can't hear you. Yes, it is. So, <laughs> um, he gets injured, and even though apparently the team has never seen her before, they all have her phone number and know her face by sight. And they call her to come be with him for the surgery. And that leads to a bunch of misunderstanding back and forth that results in her staying to take care of him. Yeah, I mean, this this is a hurt comfort book because... Yeah. He's on crutches for the whole thing. He's on crutches for the whole thing. I mean, and then that's why they're together. This is the forced proximity. Yep. I guess there's a lot of forced proximity because she's got to live in the house and, like, help him walk around and cook for him and clean for him and do all the, all the stuff you need. There was a lot of, like, they are home for one another metaphors. Mm-hmm. Both because she was basically an abandoned child, even when her father was alive, and her his family was her family, and she's shown up to make all of his like favorite Russian foods that he hasn't had while living in the U.S. because she hasn't been there. It was it was a whole lot of. I actually bought that more than I bought their relationship, because there weren't a lot of flashbacks to like them as kids falling for each other. No, all the flashbacks to their like earlier lives were them in the kitchen, being a family together. Right. 
I actually found it a little sad. Aw. Like, in a way it was supposed to be sad or not? No. Oh. Like, okay. in a... She's this abandoned duckling who's clinging to the only people who made her feel found. I've never found that trope very romantic. I've always found it a little sad. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, we just sort of talked about the stuff we didn't like. I think this might be my favorite romance book club book. Okay. The first book was fun because of the idea, right? Which is that there's a group of dudes reading romance novels. So yeah. the first book is fun for that reason. Um, but other than that, I feel like it's like that's the main part of the book. That is why you would want to read it. Right. Yeah. The second book I really liked, but there were some heavy issues in it. Third book I didn't love. This book, I, I just really enjoyed it because we had the setup already. There's a little twist on it because he's writing a book. I found a lot of what happened in the book just really, there was, there was stuff that I thought was really interesting and I liked them together. So I thought this continued the first, the second two books in the series issue to me of being too heavy. Mm -hmm. The story she's working on, the story that likely led to her father's death involved sex trafficking. Yes. And she, in my opinion, one, too heavy an issue for this kind of book. Two, she does not spend enough time giving a shit about it. Like, she's using witnesses who are risking their lives, who are in victims of sex trafficking operations, just to find your dad. Right. And other than lip service at the beginning and lip service at the end, you don't actually see her working to help sex trafficking victims. She's using sex trafficking victims to try to understand what happened to her dad. And I found all of that really problematic and did not enjoy it. Yeah. I, I saw it as having begun that way, but that she was actually looking to explore it as an issue independently of finding her father. But I guess the... Because because she thought she was going to find the dude back in Russia. She thought she was going to find the head honcho. Straza or whatever. Straza. Yeah. yeah. I, I, none of it made sense to me. And I actually found her kind of unsympathetic in her handling of the issue at hand. And once again, I don't understand why Alyssa K. Adams keeps putting these really, really heavy things in the middle of books about romance with a guy who farts too much. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, Vlad was... I, I, Elena was fine. I didn't love her. I didn't hate her. Uh, I loved Vlad. Like, I thought he was a great hero. I bought his character being fleshed out. I really I loved his character. I thought she did an amazing job of moving him from comic relief to actual character who I care about, want to find out about. I thought it was great. I know that you had issues with the IBS, you know, stuff. Yep. But... I, I thought she was, so for me, I come, I come from a family tradition. We think parts are very funny. I know Lane can't handle this. Sorry guys. <laughs> um, so I thought that she walked the line really well of like, this is funny, but also this is a person. He can't be reduced to, you know, a flatulent dude. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I thought she did a really good job of creating this line and walking it really well. 
okay. <laughs> In my opinion, I thought he moved from punchline to romantic hero, and I did not have any issues with it. If the text he sent his friends about finally being with Elena had not just been a series of fart jokes, I might agree with you. Again, I'm okay with that, probably. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there you go. I also want to point out that I was... So you said that the sports injury stuff was, like, not accurate. I don't know. I can't, I can't comment on that. I will trust your opinion that it was inaccurate. I thought the immigration stuff was pretty on point. I was actually very impressed. Other, the exact same thing that caught your attention caught mine. I only had one issue, and it was that she was like, "If once we get divorced, I'll be deported. And I was like, well, no. <laughs> immigration and Customs Enforcement is not going to show up at a professional hockey player's ex-wife's house to deport her. That said... It is true that once they get divorced, she would no longer be legally able to stay in the United States. So I was okay with the obfuscation. <laughs> yeah, I, I think one of the things that was interesting for me was just the believability of, once again, how a sports team operates. Mm -hmm. I, he's been in the U.S. for a long time. The fact that there clearly had been no beginning to initiate the green card process when it's clear when he asks her to marry him, it's so that they can permanently go to the United States together. Like, he doesn't have a desire to go back to Russia. That's incredibly apparent in the text. So I was just, I was, I found it accurate. But I thought some of the intricacies of how immigration works, I was surprised at how they handled as, like, I, I wish I knew more about the choice. Like, why hadn't he sought a green card? Why hadn't he sought citizenship? Why hadn't? they had that conversation given part of the goal was to get her out of Russia to protect her. Mm -hmm. And given that she was so passionate about working, like had they really not talked to the extent that he had no idea she wanted to work. Yeah. yeah. But I, what was in there was accurate. But, right. But other than the, the word deported, it's not that I found it inaccurate. It's that I found it inconsistent with the characters, how they handled their immigration situation. Sure. I also loved her her conversation with the immigration attorney, actually. Yes. Really that, good. I like that character, Gretchen. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So anyway, all the immigration stuff was like, perfect. And even the fact, I realized that we both nitpicked the use of the word deported because it is inaccurate. On the other hand, that is probably how someone would think of it. Right. So I found it, okay as used by a character who maybe didn't understand immigration all that well. If Gretchen had said deported, we'd be up in arms. <laughs> right. But Elena thought it in her head, and I was like, yep. eh, okay. <laughs> yep. That was great. Well, and to her, I think not being able to stay is the point. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So, Yeah. I don't know. Do we want to talk more about the fact that he was writing the book this time? Uh, stroke of genius. Stroke of, yeah, no, that, honest to God, worked so well. Perfect. It was perfect because by this point, as by the fourth book, you're like, okay, what book are they going to read now? But now I'm like, nope. Great. Also, serious props. When authors talk about writing as a craft in a novel, it's a real risk. 
Mm-hmm. Lisa K. Adams hasn't had to deal with this in the prior books because they're not making a judgment on if the romance novel text itself is good or, ba- is good or bad. They're talking about how it relates to their present situation. Whereas in this book, by having Vlad write the book and having the guys give him feedback, they're talking about the quality of the writing and the plot. Mm-hmm. And I thought she did a really good job mm-hmm. with the things the guys criticized and how they talked about it and why we want happily. And like it actually made me think about why I like romance novels and how I like them to work. And like that is incredible praise. The only issue with it is that those guys were his friends. Um, and they were like super good beta readers who also like weren't worried about hurting his feelings. And I was like, not realistic. But I loved reading it. Not that you and I have ever written a book and made our friends review it. So we don't actually no. know how long it's going to be. Well, I have been asked to review books for friends. And I'm like, I really shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just going to tell you it's wonderful. Yeah, right. That's the thing. That's the thing. Any content warnings? I mean, like Lane said, there are references to sex trafficking. There are references to journalists getting disappeared. This is in the news a lot, especially in relation to Russia. So I understand why she chose it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it, it's tough to read. And then the other thing that actually got me was his injury. Oh, it was really hard to read about how he got injured, the physical therapy, the surgery, and then minor spoiler, he gets re-injured at the end. Oh, I, it was just, it, it was nightmarish for me. Ugh. Okay. That's, that's a really, didn't, none of that bothered me. Didn't notice any of that. Okay. Oh yeah. It was like, it's awful. I guess like medical procedures. I don't know. I don't know. This one got me. Okay. I was totally fine with all of it. Would not have said it was particularly gory. He doesn't like, this isn't a situation where the bone's poking through the leg and it's bloody and like. That is not what Meg is saying. No. Nope. That's not what I'm saying. I want to be clear. It's just the the discussion of how bad it is and what he has to do to get back on his feet you found so graphic and upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I was like upset. I found it just very, very difficult to read. Like I was it was one of the parts I'm I don't know if you do this. Sometimes I kind of read with my hand over my yes, eye. With like you know, a hand like, over Ooh. your face and you're just kind yeah. of like, right? Like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, sexy next. Okay, the first time that they finally give in to their passions, they immediately fight. Not really huge for me. We'll give this book props that I did not feel after they, when they finally decided to be together, no, that was not the end of all of the issues, but they didn't, like, manufacture a breakup, blow up, like, she ran, but it wasn't, there is, like, obviously a gigantic conflict at the end, and it is not between the two of them, and I really like that choice. Yeah. Uh, I will say this is rom-com sexy, which means it's not very explicit. There's basically only, like, one sex scene, really. Yeah. Which is which is fine. Like, it's no big deal. Um, when, I, when I'm reading a, a bromance book club book, I'm not going into it for the sex, you know? <laughs> No, but I think, okay, this is a conversation just about the series as a whole. Mm-hmm. So the protagonist of the first book, one of the 
defining things in the book and the defining thing in his relationship was a sex problem. Yes. And so it was more explicit, not in the sense that it was sexier, but in the sense that it was slightly more explicit and there was a little bit more like making out. Yes. The the sexual tension was very much the point. Yes. And then the second book was relatively explicit as well. And it's just, I think the last two have sort of deviated. So in the same way, agree with you that I don't read these. These are not two nipple, nipple historical covers. No, they're not. But I do think the first two books were a lot lighter. Yeah. And a lot more sex focused than the I last agree. Okay, so here's my spoiler. I We kept it till the end. This is yep, the good trope. job. I'm really proud of you. Thank you. So Vlad is a is a pining virgin hero. He's only ever wanted Elena. He's like so romantic. Actually, this this is what I love about him it, as a character. So he's like hyper-masculine profession, right? Yeah. He's a hockey player. He goes, it's, it's like the masculine sport because you have to like beat each other up and whatever. Um, but he also like reads poetry and he's writing a romance novel and he tears up at weddings. And I like loved that he was the romantic one in the relationship as well. It's like Elena is explicitly not a virgin. She, you know, she had sex with dudes. She's like, whatever. And she has been faithful during their sham of a marriage. During their marriage, yes. Uh, but back in Russia, sort of to escape her bad home life, she would, not to escape her home. I don't want to say that like it was sex that she was doing because she was a damaged person or anything like that. That's not what I'm trying to say. Um, but she knows what she wants in bed. And then when they finally hook up, she like, you know, my favorite part of the virgin hero trope, she tells him what to do and he does it. (laughs) Yep. So although there was really only one sex scene, it basically hit all my spots. It was great. totally admit to enjoying them finally getting together. It felt very earned. Mm-hmm. Virgin Heroes Meg Strobe, not mine. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> anyway, I love this book. Probably my favorite in the series. So. I don't think there's any reason to skip it. I didn't hate this. I want to be very clear. I had a lot of issues with it. It's not something I go around recommending to people. But I think if anything about what we've talked about intrigued you, it's worth reading. Oh, and that's really interesting because I'm usually the one who's like, oh, just read this one out of the series. It's the best. You don't have to read the others. This is one where I would recommend at least reading the first book, maybe the second. Um, I wouldn't say you have to read the third one. But I would say don't read this one without at least understanding what the concept of the Bromance Book Club is. I agree with you. I think as we've sort of alluded to through this whole episode, there's been a real total progression through the book. Yeah. So I wonder how abrupt going from the first to the fourth would feel. Well, that'd be interesting to find out. Yeah. And I mean, I haven't gone back to reread them either. It might be interesting to go back now and read that one and then the first one and then this one. Yeah, because the first one was a lot more bubblegummy. Yeah. This one was angsty and involves sex trafficking so like 
different vibes. Different vibes. It's true. It's true. Like the conflict of the first one was he hadn't made his wife come. That yes, that's true. And the conflict of this one is is his wife gonna go back to Russia and do journalist like do write for a paper and find out about um, sex trafficking? Murder and her father's murder. And her father's disappearance and, and murder. Mm-hmm. So it's it's light, it's funny, it's fluffy. And oh. also does that, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'd love it if you would check us out around the internet on Goodreads slash Plattrists or Instagram at Plattrists.